The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with the Sam Brewski, and welcome to Hoop Ball Grizz. Welcome back to another show. Sam, how you been, man? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Watching some uh, really good basketball. Yes. Last that, night's game was great. Man, I liked that Nuggets, it. Yeah, yeah, of course you loved it mm-hmm, because yes. your you know, Western Conference Finals team almost mm-hmm. got bounced in the yeah, first round. So God. <laughs> I thought Mike when Mike Conley let it go, I was like, Oh my goodness, that's spot on. And it was. It just happened to rim oh, out. I I like it could not have went any further down no. without going in. My heart sunk to my knees when it when it hit the rim and it went around like that. I was like, <gasps> and then it rolled out, and I'm like, oh, thank God. I wish we could see a panned-out view of the court because Donovan Mitchell wasn't back whenever they went down, when the, when the uh, Nuggets went down on the other end and missed that shot and the Jazz went back the other way before Conley took that shot. Before they advanced the ball, Mitchell was down the court, mm-hmm. and I wonder if he was wide open or if there was somebody taking that passing lane away. Because I, I don't know, you couldn't see that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So that that was, you know, obviously Mitchell kind of choked it up a little bit there. You know, it that happens. It is, I, you know, you can attribute it to a choke or good defense or however you want to chop it up. But he, you know, he, he made a mistake. Conley had a decent look at it, and it just didn't fall. Obviously. As a Grizzlies podcast, if Conley makes that shot, that would have been uh, been great. That would have been a good thing, not for Sam's bracket right now. Not for me in general, period. So. Right now, our brackets are looking pretty solid so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know about this heat, though. Yeah, the heat bucks. The heat right now, currently the heat, and the bucks are playing. The heat lead the series 1-0, and the heat have an eight-point lead as we're starting to record this in the fourth quarter. Still a lot of game to play. Still a lot of game to play, but Milwaukee has got to figure something out. Or We're going to look like a bunch of hits. Well, I mean, I just had them going to the next round. I had them winning this round and then losing to well, the I Celtics. Too, but, but, yeah. I, I thought about picking the Heat, but I was like, are they really going to beat Giannis? Are they? Mm, it kind of looks like that right now. It does. Bam's a beast. We knew that already. I know. All right, let's get down to business, guys. We are, you had, you know, we told you last time we're talking a little playoff basketball there, but we told you last time we're going to bring you some breakdowns of draft prospects that could fall where the Grizzlies are picking at number forty. We broke down some of the top tier guys early on, which now knowing where the Grizzlies are, unless there's a trade up, I don't see they're getting them. I don't see them getting any of the guys that we talked about on the first one. Them trading up is definitely not out of the question. If there's somebody they like, I will tell you right now, I if they could trade up to if he falls, I don't know that he will, but if they could trade up to somewhere around 15, 16 and get Aaron Neesmith. I'd be all right with that. Please. I'd, I'd be okay. Depending on what they trade for him. Yeah. I, well, they've got assets they can give they up. Could. They've they got do. stuff that they could give up to get them, and that's – if you know, obviously there's guy you you know you took in Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Denny Abijah. You need to get Lamello. You know, you, you look at at those guys, and what it's going to take. The Grizzlies are not going to trade up to get the fit for any of those guys. Is not so good that the Grizzlies are going to trade up to get that. 
Don't see it happening. But Aaron Neesmith, man, I yeah, like that that would be dream for me. But right now they haven't made any trades, so we're not gonna dream on them too long. We're gonna talk about three guys today. We got Cassius Stanley from Duke, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse, and Tyler Bay from Colorado. Sammy boy, I'm gonna let you start us off. Who are we breaking down first, man? Let's do Cassius Stanley first. So right. Cassius Stanley out of Duke, like you said. Shooting guard, he's 6'6", weighs 193 pounds. He is an ACC All-Freshman team this year, 2020. Jordan Brand Classic, 2019. And Ball is Life. Now, see, that was tough for me to read the first time I looked at that. I know what Ball is Life is, but I read it's all one word. And I'm like, what is it? Ball is, oh, Ball is Life. But Ball is Life All-American in 2019 as well. He is an IMG Academy prospect. Uh, IMG is... Um, very touted um, school. You, you know, they they turn out some pretty good products. IMG does. Um, Cassius Stanley, big thing for him, like the thing that stands out is his athleticism. This kid can fly. Man, he can jump. From what I watched of him, he's... Yeah. Uh, there, there is he's one... He's got some springs. They're playing at home. There was a video. They're playing at home. I want to say it was against North Carolina State. Not a hundred percent sure. It doesn't matter who, but somebody threw him an oop, and it was behind him. And I'm like, man, there's no way he's getting this down. I knew it was a highlight reel, but I thought he was just going to catch it and lay it up because of how far it went behind him. And he just got it, and it's like he just paused in midair, reaches back, and then just <laughs> tomahawks it down. So he is a walking highlight reel. He he's not very long. And the fact that his wingspan is the same as his height. So he's 6'6", height, 6'6", wingspan. But he is super athletic, highlight reel dunks, like I said. Here's a fun fact for you, Sam. I want to see if you found this. I don't think Sam found this. I don't think I did either. He has the record for vertical leap at Duke. Nope. He is the record for the highest vertical, 46 and a half inch vertical. Gosh. Who did he surpass to take the number one spot? Uh, that I do not know. You're not even going to take a guess? I'm not even going to take a guess because that could be anybody. Sam is weak. I know. Zion Williamson. Oh. Zion was number one prior to I guess if I really right. thought about that, I would have. He put that would have been effort. the Yeah, I, if I'd have thought about that. <laughs> Honestly, now I'm slapping myself now. Yeah, I'd have known that. He is a pretty decent spot-up shooter. There's things about his game – Here's the deal with Cassius Stanley. Because of his athleticism and how explosive he is, he is all over the place on the board. On the the big boards that I have looked at, I have seen him as high as 20 and then as low as like 47. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. Watching the film and stuff that I, that I did watch on him, like what I've seen... I could see where the 20 is, but also I could see where they're coming from on the lower end of that because he gets tunnel vision. If you watch, I watched quite a bit of film on all of these guys as much as I could find. And the one thing that I saw with Stanley is when he's driving to the bucket, he gets a lot of the uh, the Dylan Brooks look going. You know, mm-hmm. when Dylan is on a mission to, to get to the bucket or, you know, Dylan's got the ball, he's going to shoot. He gets tunnel vision. He misses guys that are wide open in the corner or a cutter that could have had an easy layup. And I saw that in Stanley. 
Stanley is young, so maybe he can get past that. I still have faith that Dylan can get past that, but I could see his decision-making definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Coming in, projected two-guard, he's probably not going to have the ball in his hands a whole lot, but you still want him to be able to make good decisions when he does have the ball in his hand. So decision-making is a weakness. His assist-to-turnover ratio is a weakness. That Those go hand-in-hand hand together. They talked about, like, one of the sites that I was looking at, reading up on him, they're like projected 3 and D guy in the NBA. That's what they're projecting. Um, one site compared him to, like, a Gerald Green, right? So Gerald Green mm-hmm. is a high flyer. Mm-hmm. Gerald Green can also shoot the wall. They can. You know, so there, there's – you're picking – Middle part of the second round, the talent, you know, when you're getting there, not that you can't get talented guys in the second round, Mark Gasol, yep. Nikola Jokic. Yep. There's plenty of talent in the second round. But if you miss in the second round, it's not as much of a hit as if you miss in the first round. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some holes in the game when you're picking somebody in the second round. They're going to be a project. I think right now he he would be top three if he's on the board, he would be top three for Memphis for me at 40. You know, I just told, I talked Aaron uh, Neesmith. He would be first choice in this draft for me going to Memphis, but he's not. There's zero chance that Neesmith is going to be on the board when the Grizzlies pick unless they trade up to get him. But Cassius Stanley is definitely in the top three for me um, for the Grizzlies. I, I, there's a lot about him that I like. I like the athleticism. I, I can just picture – him running the floor with Ja, and you know you've already got it, Brandon and Ja and Jaron, you know Lob City Junior. Okay, now we hate the Clippers. It's not Lob City Junior. We've got to come up with something different. I used than to that. like the Clippers. We can't like the Clippers. It's not allowed. I know. Well, I don't anymore. It's okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, they don't have Blake Griffin anymore. It's done. All right. So run through strengths again. Uh, super athletic. Highlight real dunks. He can score in transition very well. Big, big vertical, 3 and D type guy. That's what the Grizzlies need. You need somebody that can play good defense and shoot the ball. He shoots the ball pretty good. Good size at 6'6". He can guard multiple positions. He's fast enough to keep up with the ones. He can guard the twos and threes, hold his own. And his – I must have deleted it. I had his spot-up shooting percentage, but it was pretty good. It was pretty solid from three – his spot up shooting thirty six percent is what I have. That's his on over, overall overall thirty six percent. Okay, all right, that works. So that was Cassius Stanley, six six shooting guard from Duke. Who you got next, Sam? Well, I'll leave that up to you. Who do you want to do? Let's go, Tyler Bay. Next. Let's do it, Tyler Bay. He is a six seven shooting guard, small forward. And, I you know he's they, listed. They listed different. him as a shooting guard. Yeah. the one th- thing I found. So the thing about it, you know, he's listed as a shooting guard, but he played the four in mm-hmm. Colorado, and that's what you watch his game, and he's more of like a three four than a two three. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to put down on here, so, so I just went with what they had listed. So may, maybe maybe he's transitioning more. He's big enough. Anyway, I'm gonna let Sam come. So six foot seven shooting guard, small forward. He does have a seven foot one wingspan yes. that is very sexy. I like a big wingspan. Yep, that usually leads to pretty good defense, and he is an excellent rebounder. And I'll leave that. That Sam, what do you got as far as stats on this guy? Stats, uh, 
That's I've got a, man, a big college stats here. His uh, games played this past year was 31, and he started 30 of them. He averaged almost 30 minutes a game. Uh, he shot 53% from the field, which is awesome. His three-point was 42%. That's pretty good, too. It is. So I'm going to interject a little bit, and then go I'll let it. you go on. So he did shoot 42%, and I was just like, oh, you know, he was an inside player. I don't know about his shooting. The 42% on threes was on a very very low volume it was something like 13 for 41 or something like that so that's okay that's 41 percent 41 percent looks pretty good but on a low volume you don't really know where you're at on that so go ahead free throw percentage could be better 74 but we will work on that we got this his rebounds are nine Right at nine. He's got a lot at right at stats, too. It's mm-hmm. not like 9.1. It's like 9, 12. You know, it's stuff yeah. like that. Uh, assists, well, here's one, 1. 1.5. Steals is 1.5. Blocks is 1.2. And his points was right at 14. Yeah. So, so. you know, he the, the steals and the blocks are what pops out for me yeah. with him. That seven-foot wingspan, a lot of the video that you watch, uh, you see – his wingspan makes up if he makes a mistake he's got really good footwork he's really good at recovering that wingspan helps him recover if he does get beat one thing that i worry about with him because of his size if he gets switched onto a four or a five how's he gonna do because if you're playing a bully ball four or five he got roughed up a little bit there were um, a couple games that i watched where he just that um Oh man, Loyal Marriott. I, Marriott. I don't know what the name of the college was, man. I apologize. They were playing somebody, and it wasn't a big school, but they had a big man, and this big man was just bullying him down low. He did the big man would get the ball on the block, and when he had Tyler on him, he would just go to work, and he would just bump him out of his way. And the guy had plenty, like three or four dunks, because he was just bullying him off of the ball. So his post defense is not that great. They've got him listed as a shooting guard, so if he's playing two or three in the NBA, you're probably not going to be playing that much post-defense. Also, when he gets in the NBA and he starts working with these trainers, he starts hitting the weight room and he gets bigger, he's going to get stronger. So if he himself sees the bully ball as a weakness, that's something easy to fix. You know, that's not – it's not a bad habit per se – it's just something, okay, hey, he's not as strong as he could be. Let's beef him up a little bit, and then he can hold his own on that. So, um, defensive versatility, size lean. You know, I talked to you, six, seven, seven foot wingspan. His footwork's pretty solid. He can do okay with a one, depending on who it is. Somebody that's quick, a Dame, Russ, Ja. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, like some of those guys that are quicker with the ball, he's probably not going to be able to guard them all that well, but his length allows him, Like again, it, it lets him make mistakes and then be able to make up for it. He's not going to have as much time to make up for those mistakes whenever he's in the NBA as he does when he's at Colorado, but he was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Very explosive. He's He plays really good help defense. Averaged 1.2 blocks per game over the last two seasons from a projected guard position. It's pretty solid. I like it. Yep. Um, 
weaknesses for him. I, I, I talked about the, the post defense, uh, and that, that's something as he gets stronger, that's going to get better. He doesn't handle the ball that well. He, he, his dribbling is just not there. Handles are not good. He likes to finish with his dominant hand. He's going to have to develop that offhand finish if he's going to be effective in the NBA because defenders will learn that and they will take that away from you. And then his his confidence and his outside shot, his mid-range shot, you know, Sam said he shot, what, 53% from the floor? Yeah, right at 53. Yeah, so he, he shot a lot of uh, mid-range jump shots. So his mid-range game is pretty good, but you want to see him, again, the statistics are a little bit, they lie a little bit on this one because the 42% from three may or may not be an inflated number because it's on a very low volume. I don't want to see, like, I'm not going to put a whole lot of weight into that because at any given time, anybody can shoot 40% on a short, you know, in short spurts. So as he gets into the league, if he's able to shoot the three, I think his size and athleticism and his wingspan going to make him a, a pretty good 3 and D guy, you know, I wish you know who I, I I thought about this and I didn't put it down, but Robert Covington is a guy. Bob, that, that's who I thought of when I saw the yeah, steals and blocks. Yeah, like when when I'm thinking about somebody because you know he he's not the tallest guy, but he's got a big wingspan. Kawhi Leonard is another guy that is you know Kawhi is what six six or six, how he's th- like six six. He's not over six seven, I don't think. But his his wingspan's like seven three. Oh yeah, and his hands are like the size of cars. So, <laughs> so you see these guys, like I said, the big wingspan, man. It it allows you to do so many things that a guy, you know, not that six six is a bad wingspan, but when you're, you know, when you got a seven foot wingspan, you're breaking up passes, you're blocking shots, and his timing is great mm-hmm. on the, you know, if you watched any of the films of you know, uh, like chase down blocks or timing blocks coming from the, the weak side to help. His timing is really, really good on shot blocking. Um, Decision-making is another thing that is scary with him. There were a number of times when I was watching him get double teamed or trapped, he threw the ball away. Aaron passes, air meld them, just... It almost appeared like he was getting flustered whenever they sent two defenders at him. Is he going to catch any double teams in the NBA? Who uh, knows? More than likely. Well, a couple, maybe. Maybe. But so, okay. I don't know that he sees a lot of double teams. Well, let's he'll say, see one or two. I don't let's know if he'll say, see him for every example, day. that he is drafted by the Grizzlies. All right. And you have. Jaron Jackson and Ja Moran, he's got the ball in his hand. Are you going to come off of one of them to double Tyler Bay, or are you going to uh, just let the one-on-one defender go against Tyler Bay and see what he can do? If I'm there, I'm going to yell whoever they're playing, go up and double-team that man so <laughs> I'm right. But, no, I get what you're meaning. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know how many double teams he'll see. Not saying that he won't, but that's something. If they see it, they see that's a weakness – that's one thing that you got to watch for. You, you just you, he's got to get better decision making, got to work on the double teams, better passes. Like he, he just has to take better care of the ball. So Tyler Bay is, uh, you know, nine rebounds a game, 
you got a big guy in Jaron Jackson that doesn't rebound the ball that well. You got a guard that's averaging nine rebounds a game in college. That may be the kind of guy that you want playing alongside Jaron Jackson. You're going to need guys that get rebounds. Yeah. Obviously, we know Brandon Clark and JV can rebound. Like, we're well aware of what they can do. What? You kidding. But, you know, adding somebody else that can rebound is not necessarily a bad thing. So, he's got to work on, you know, he is athletic. He can finish the ball very well around the rim. Shot blocker, explosive, super high IQ. The 42%, man, I just can't, I can't, I'm not going to buy into that. I don't think that that's a true number on such a low volume. We'll see what he does. But I think, like, for him... In order for him to be effective, because at his size, a lot of the buckets that he got in college are not going to be there in the NBA. Yeah, he's well, not he's not going to be playing the dunker in the NBA because of his size. He's not going to be playing in the post. If he gets switched to a smaller defender, he can take care of himself in the post. But odds are, a lot of the buckets that he got in college are not going to be there for him in the NBA. So, how his game adjusts? Can he? shoot the ball, and how's his defense going to look? He's going to have to be a good spot-up shooter. He's going to have to move without the ball, and he's going to have to play good defense. All right, Sam, moving on from Tyler Bay to last, but most definitely, not least, one Eliza, Elijah, sorry, English is hard. Elijah Hughes. That's right. Appreciate you picking me up there, Sam. Welcome. He is a six foot six small forward from Syracuse. Wingspan is not completely determined. Saw it. There were a couple places that said it was not identified, and then I saw one that said six nine, one said six ten. So I'm not sure where it's going to go undetermined on the wingspan, but I do believe that it is eight two. An eight foot two eight inch foot wing, two. that would be nuts. His man. hands are almost touching the ground. It's crazy. He can tie his shoes without bending over. Not doesn't even have to bend. Doesn't <laughs> even have to don't even have to look. He just <laughs> looking like the Slender Man out here or something. All right. Sam, fire off some stats for Mr. Elijah Hughes. Right on, he played. This is this is uh this year's. He played thirty two games. He started thirty two of them as well. Averaged almost thirty seven minutes. He's right at the 43 field goal percentage, which, again, I'm cool with. And three-point, and don't critique this one, 34%. That's more realistic. Plus, he took quite a few. I know he did. Yeah, yeah. The, very, the very videos I've seen, yeah, he mm-hmm. is. Um, there we go. Free throw percentage, 81%. All right. All right. I'm cool. Rebounds, right at five. Assists, 3.4. Steals, 1.2. Blocks, we're going to round this up to one. It was .8, but we're going to round it up. And he's right at the 19-point uh, mark per game. So he he led the ACC in points per game at 19.9. Is that what you've got? I've got right at 19. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I don't know where I found mine at, but we got two different things. But either Doesn't way, matter. We're going to say 20. He, he led the ACC in scoring. He did only shoot 34% from three, but if you read about him a lot, like if you read stuff about him – he was the guy at Syracuse. He had a lot of the scoring load. There were a lot, like, Bayheim asked him to do a lot of stuff there. And so everybody, like, across the board, it's thought that he is going to have a much better three-point percentage 
in the NBA than he has in college for a couple of reasons. Number one, going into the NBA, odds are the team that he goes to, he is not going to be the number one guy. So he's not going to be taking, he's not going to be forcing shots. So not going to be forcing shots, not going to be the number one guy. And he's going to have more catch and shoot opportunities. So, you know, being the number one guy on a, in an offense, you get the double teams, the defense is focused on you. You get to the NBA, you get that off of your head and you get some better looks. So everybody, from what I read, everybody thinks this three point, three point percentage will improve as his shot selection gets better in the NBA. Um, you know, the size and athleticism from him is a huge plus. He is a good off-the-ball shooter, and he has limitless range. There were plenty of times when he pulled up, like, logo threes, bottom of the net, knocking them down. So he 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 is a guy that can shoot the ball. And, you know, I, I told you already that Cassius Stanley at the 40, he would be a top three guy right now at 40. Elijah Hughes is another guy that would be top three for me for Memphis to pick because of what he brings to the table. So at six foot six, he can play the two or three, kind of depend on what you want to do between him. Like if you want to keep Brooks in the starting lineup, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do that there. A lot of people want to replace Dylan Brooks. I am not on that train. Uh, I was about to slap you. No, 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 no. no. I think that he has upside. I like a lot of the things that he brings to the game. I like his confidence. Um, So I don't know that you're looking to replace him. Still are not sure what Justice Winslow is going to bring to the team at this point. So, you know, Elijah Hughes is a guy that can play the two or three. And, you know, he may or may not be starting his rookie year. Second round pick, odds are, you know, if he does start, he's going to really be blowing the doors off of him in camp. I was about to say he would have to be something. But to uh, talking about Justice Winslow, got on 2K today and uh, clicked the rosters without injuries on, and Justice Winslow is a starting uh, small forward. Nope. Yeah, he's the small forward. Yes, he is. Yeah, they're they're starting five with him healthy. Should be uh, Ja, Dylan, Winslow, Jaron, and JV. That's not what they had. They had Ja. Actually, no, it was it was Ja, Winslow, Kyle Anderson, Jaron, Jonas. That's what they had. And it's just a that, game, I know. Yeah, but yeah. I think Winslow, his overall is actually probably a little higher than Dylan's and Kyle's. Okay. So yeah. they probably just put him in because he's better. In quotations. Yeah, I don't know, man. I like. I don't either, I like but I just my, thought that my was My starting neat. five, I think you're starting Justice at the three, Dylan at the two. I'm, that's what I would say. Yeah. I remember we talked about it a few episodes ago, and that, that honestly, now I think about it, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, so, anyway, back to Elijah Hughes. Sam is distracting me over it's here. That's what I do. With the starting lineup. Um, So, some concerns with Elijah Hughes. Working or not working, playing for Syracuse, they play zone defense. So it raises questions on how good of a one-on-one defender is he going to be? Is he going to be able to play an ISO situation and handle himself? There's not a lot of there. There's not a lot of film out there to watch because playing in the zone, you don't get that. You don't get to see how he's going to be. The zone kind of hides. 
And so there's some uncertainty with that. And I really think that that has a lot to do with him falling down the boards. I really don't know that he's going to be there at 40. I, again, I hope he do. I, I hope he do. I hope he is because I say he, he is a, he's a top three guy for me for the Grizzlies. And it's really, really close about with, with him and another guy that we're going to talk about on the next episode, Jordan Wara from uh, Louisville. I really like Jordan, and I like Elijah Hughes. Hughes, I hope one of those two guys is there. If not, I would be completely fine with Cassius Stanley. Obviously, it doesn't matter what I like or don't like. They, you know, they're going to take whoever they think is best for them. But I, I want to see. I would like to see one of those three. What's up, Sam? You keeping up with the score of the game? The Reggie Miller freaking plays for the Bucks, man. Did they tie that game? They had they have it. 114 to 114 with freaking who Dragic fouled Middleton with 4.2 seconds left shooting the shooting the three and he made all three. Of course he did. 50 40 90 all day. Ugh. Yeah, we thought that the Heat had that game locked up, so that's why we kind of cut away and, and came to the podcast. But Reggie Miller lives, apparently. <laughs> He's, he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, guys. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Milwaukee has Reggie Miller. <laughs> We're going to have to rewind it and see what happened there whenever we finish <laughs> recording. All right, so the three guys that we went over today, uh, Cassius Stanley, Elijah Hughes, Tyler Bay. And again, you know, we're trying to cover these guys. If you're looking at draft boards and you're like, man, those guys are not there on my draft board that I'm looking at. I've looked at a number of different draft boards and I'm covering guys that are anywhere from the 30, 30 to the 50 range are, are guys that we're going to be talking about. Reasonable. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some guys that may be projected higher than that and some guys that may be projected a little bit lower than that depending upon what board you're looking at, but I'm looking at the needs for Memphis and trying to get some guys, pick some guys out and review them. So we know we have a little bit of an idea about these guys moving into the draft, which is in October. I don't think we have a date set in stone because they've talked about pushing it back, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Is the game over, Sam? No, it's about to go into overtime. Sam is completely disengaged. I'm running the podcast solo. All by himself. He, I'm just, just I'm just so disappointed. He thought that he had it. Uh, bam, man. Let's go. But no, yep, it's it's over. 114-114. We're getting some OT. Okay. Overtime. All right. We'll go catch the overtime. We're gonna cut it off and go watch overtime in this game, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a betting man, go over and check out mybookie.ag. They are one of our partners here at HoopBall. You can use the promo code HoopBall for a 100% initial deposit match. Again, the website is mybookie.ag. The promo code is HoopBall. Go check it out. They've got in-game, parlay, whatever you want to do, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Dan was talking about the other day on his show, and I think it's cool because they have a lot of stuff that is – it is related to sports, but it's kind of just um, off-the-wall stuff. So you can bet on who you think is going to get ho- head coaching jobs. If you think you wow. know who is going to be the next head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, you can go and make a bet on it. 
So go check them out, mybookie.ag. They have more lines and better odds than any other sports book out there. It's simple, guys. You bet, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. The promo code is HOOPBALL. Go check them out. Thanks for listening. You can find the show on Twitter at HoopBallGrizz. I am at DWill2111. Sam is... It is Sammy B1118. That's a capital S, lowercase A-M-M-Y, capital B, 1118. And that is on Twitter. Hit us up. All right. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Reggie Miller plays for the Bucks. Well, and I'm going to replay... I'm going to make this. Somebody fouled. Giannis is what it's saying at the buzzer and it's under review so the bucks may win if he makes a free throw all right we're getting out of here thanks for listening guys yay guys this has been a hoop bowl presentation